it's Wednesday and it's time for Pop and Politics. We are talking about the latest in hot topics, news, and entertainment. I'm KJ and let me introduce you to my co-host. We have Shelly E and Colleen tonight. Uh, Yana and T are on vacation and will return next week. Uh, but don't fret, we have an action-packed show for you tonight. Uh, so you know, as I always say, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And don't just comment, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Uh, check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. Uh, again, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. Uh, and so, like I said, if you subscribe uh, to our social media or to our YouTube, you will get up-to-date information. Be sure to hit that notification bell as well. Um, that way you know when we post new content. All right, ladies, let's set it off. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Good. I'm doing great. I'm a little tired, but I'm okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we are going to get right into it. Tonight, we are starting off with, of course, election results. Yesterday here in Maryland was our primary election. Uh, overall, turnout was low. Uh, only 10% of Republicans voted statewide. Uh, and I think it was low on the Democratic side as well. There were plenty of upsets last night, and I'm going to get into that. Uh, some of the most anticipated races we're going to talk about. I want to mention some other races, though. Of course, Delegate Rick Metzger uh, won his reelection. Uh, Nicolee Ambrose won for District 2. She will face off against Dutch Rupersberger. Uh, Ripsy Morgan, we know from WBAL, uh, she will face off against John Sarbanes in District 3. Chris Palumbi, he won his race. He will, uh, he will face off against Steny Horner. Uh, so, um, those are some of the races that uh, I saw I was waiting on and anticipating. Of course, we've got some of the, I think, two of the biggest races I was watching, which was the governor's race and state's attorney's race here in Baltimore. Yes. So I'm going to take each one separately. We can talk about the governor's race first. Um, as you guys know, big upset. Um, on, well, on the Democrat side, Wes Moore won. That wasn't, I, mean, I think he was pretty much the predicted mm -hmm. winner. But on the Republican side, huge win for Dan Cox. Dan Cox, who was Trump uh, endorsed, uh, beat out Hogan's endorsed Kelly Schultz. First thoughts, lady. I want to, ladies. I want to start off with you, Shelley. What did you think about that race? Well, it was a huge upset to a lot of Republicans um, uh, in in Maryland. But look, I always say, and I have learned over the last few years or so, especially since President Trump, that we should not, not underestimate the so-called underdog. And this is where I think Republicans have been coming up short, particularly the establishment ones, because they, they tend to vote based on show and how everything looks. But none of us really 
basically knows how these outcomes are going to come anyway, how the votes are going to turn out anyway. But I've, I'm, I'm learning that the underdog has a lot of play in these races, at least in most recent times. All right. What are your thoughts here, Colleen? Dan Cox pulled out a win and actually a substantial win. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if you look at the numbers, I haven't seen the ones from today, but. He, he won pretty. He, he had the fifty-six percent, fifty-six percent to um, I think it was um, like uh, forty percent to uh, Kelly Schultz. So a significant okay. lead. Yeah, I'm excited for him. I voted for Dan Cox. Uh, mm -hmm. Very excited. I, we've met him before, and I thought he was a great guy. Um, you know, would have been nice to see Kelly that night that we um, you know, had that dinner, but you know. So I, I'm really excited that Dan won. I'm, I'm shocked that Dan won. I truly like Dan, don't take it the wrong way, but I really was not expecting Maryland to turn out for Dan in such numbers. But I mean, I really think that it was these red counties that all were like, let's get to the damn polls. Did you, did you look down to like county by county? Like where I most did. No, I have not no. looked at those. Uh, I'd be curious to know those numbers. I, I'll mm -hmm. look more into those later. Cause like, luckily we only have like 30 some counties in, in mm -hmm. Maryland. But um, I, um, I'm really shocked, like I said, that Dan won. And also, um, it, like, like I was saying earlier, with, with PA, with, their, with Doug Mastriano being the GOP pick, I mean, honestly, and he's the Trump back pick. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm just shocked and I'm excited. Let's go, Dan Cox. Let's go. And I voted for Euripsy, so I'm so excited she won, too. Well, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't shocked. I really wasn't. Um, one, one because I could feel the the energy behind him, and I was questioning. I was like, "Is it just the people that are close to the Republican well, I think that Party?" Was Trump, though. Well, not necessarily because people were really upset about two things. One, I think she lost a lot of credibility when Governor Hogan came out against the parental rights bill that DeSantis put out in Florida. Mm. Uh, he did that, and we talked about it on this show. He did that interview uh, on, uh, I think it was Meet the Press, and he totally went out against Governor DeSantis. I mean, he talked so badly about him, yeah. and he was pushed against the, the parental rights bill. And I remember when I saw that interview, it enraged me. As a parent, as a Republican, um, DeSantis has huge uh, popularity within the Republican mm -hmm. Party across the country and here in Maryland. People, parental rights education has been a huge issue among conservatives, and for him to come out against him uh, in that in that in that interview, I said Kelly has to come out and, and distance herself, and she did not, and she did not. Yeah. And, um, and and I remember when when that happened and I reached out to um, to her campaign and I said, what is she going to say? Is she going to, you know, come out against this? this is like uh -uh. Huge. And she did not. Now, she did come out with her own parental rights bill, um, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say some. I'll say another reason though. I think um, where, uh, people in Maryland, people in Maryland, a lot of Republicans at least, have been upset with Governor Hogan 
for the scandemic and the lockdowns. So again, you know, we had the protests. I was one of the protesters out there with Reopen Maryland, particularly since that time, a lot of conservatives in Maryland have been upset with Governor Hogan. That's number one. Number two, Kelly Schultz did not, I'm a registered Republican, right? I'm gonna support the Republican candidate. I did, I, Dan Cox was out there on the front line, has been for all of his quote unquote beliefs about the election. He has been the one consistently supporting and advocating conservative values, conservative values, freedom, liberty, uh, lower taxes. He's been running on these things, parental rights, getting the government smaller and more and more out of our lives. These are mainstay principles that he has been running on. Why these principles are so controversial amongst Republicans, I don't know, because these are our principles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he's won. All right. So he's won the Republican nomination. As as both both of you, you know, I am registered Republican, and I will support the nominee. Where do we go from here? So, I want to run this down to you. So, again, we had low turnout yesterday on the Republican side as well. Uh, what is the message Dan Cox should have for all Marylanders? as he moves towards the general election. This is not Florida. This is not Texas. This is Maryland. It is a very liberal state. I want to ask you all, and I'll start with you, Colleen, what's the message that he needs to have for all Marylanders? Because it doesn't look good. we got to be honest. I mean, Republicans are happy. Actually, Democrats are happy, too. <laughs> um, and it's not for the same reasons. Uh, lots of people think this is going to be an easy win for West wannabe Obama more. Okay. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think? What is the message that Dan Cox should have for Marylanders in the general election? Man, <laughs> uh, that's that's a lot of pressure because it is such a purple state. Um, I think that you have to be careful with situations like, all right, first of all, like, man, <laughs> this is why I'm moving to Florida because it's too hard. It's really hard to be a Republican in Maryland. So this is my best advice is be as moderate as possible. Wait a minute. But, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not too well. So, okay. You not moderate. But I, I obviously want him to be a conservative, but I don't want him to come in there being like, I'm trying to be completely 100% no abortion, abortion ban in Maryland. Like if he comes That's what he's saying. I mean, that is the, we gotta, I mean, see, this is the issue that I have with people. Some people literally. Because you have him, you had Kelly Schultz, who was very yeah. subtle about it. Now, Kelly Schultz is pro-life. She has low taxes. The list goes on. She believes in conservative causes. Shelly mentioned some of those things in the beginning. She believes in pretty much the same stuff Dan Cox has been pretty much, but he's been open about. Yeah. But the, I guess the long game for her was I have to be run in a general election in liberal Maryland. Mm -hmm. So I want to take it to you, Shelly. You heard what Colleen says. I mean, is he supposed to move? I mean, is he supposed to play down his abortion stance? Is he supposed to play down you know, these, these other stances, how is he going to pivot? I won't even say pivot. How is he going to become uh, attractive to independents in Maryland and Democrats? 
So, so first of all, even uh, in Maryland, most people don't vote based on one issue. So let's get that out of the, the bat. Most people do not vote only based on the abortion or pro-life, pro-choice. That's not, most people do not only vote on that issue. So I'm have, having, having say that Maryland is not getting rid of abortion. That's not, that's, it's not going to be a zero abortion state. It's not going there. Dan Cox needs to stay on his message about the values, the, again, freedom, low taxes, economic growth, um, getting the education system reined in, if you will. These are the values that cut across all demographics from the, from the Western Maryland mountains to the lower shore to the Chesapeake Bay. These are the issues. These, the issues really are where, where the rubber meets the pocketbook of most Marylanders now. Kelly Schultz, again, she may believe the same things or many of the same things, but she called Dan Cox a fringe candidate. I mean, they believe the same things most of them. She called him a fringe candidate in her interview a few weeks ago. Yes, she did. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. He's, again, he's advocating conservative values. If you believe most of these things, not 100%, but why is he the fringe candidate? She ran a poor campaign. She did not get her message out because she's trying to walk so tepidly on the water. And this is why she's not the nominee. Mm -hmm. I agree with what Tyrone just commented, by the way, to okay. focus on Baltimore City. Definitely a good tactic. I highly agree with Tyrone. Always smart man. But I, I mean, that's definitely a good way to, to, to approach this. And then also appealing to parents. I mean, obviously that works with Youngkin and obviously that, that works with DeSantis. Appealing to parents works. Parental rights, power is in your hands. The, the money follows the kid, not just goes to the school so that it can just be lousy and we allow it to happen. If he appeals to parents, that definitely is going to help. We've only seen good results with that. So yeah, that too. So um, last question on this one, and then we got to move to, to Marilyn Mosby. Uh, here we're, we're approaching, uh, we're moving into the general election. What do you, what do you guys think? Does he have a chance or do you think this is going to be a blowout? I'll start with I you on this one, Shelly. Yeah, I think he absolutely has a chance. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of work, hard work. And again, as a party, we need to support our nominee, unlike our current party leader in Maryland, Governor Hogan, again, who is really snubbing his nose and showing contempt for the party and the voters in Maryland. That's exactly what he's doing. Not only is he a sore loser, he's an arrogant, an arrogant loser who is showing his true color and character. Yeah. And talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up, Shelly. I mean, today his spokesperson came out and said that he would not support uh, Dan Cox. Uh, yep. I don't know what that means. Is he going to vote for West more than what is, I mean, uh, well, look, both of Hogan's both of Hogan's candidates. Uh, he also supported the Rube Naraja. Now, many of us on here have met the Rube. We like him. He had some good policy plans, but he lost as well. And Hogan came out again and said that he crossed party lines to support the Rube, who also lost. But his campaign manager did make that. He also said that uh, Republicans in Maryland. And this again, this is the Republican head of our uh, party in Maryland said that Republicans basically have drunk the Kool-Aid like Jim Jones followers. I mean, it's, it's awful. 
It's awful. Dan, I heard Dan speak today on, I forget what the station, but he basically said that he was not even going to sort of rub it in his nose. He didn't use those words. He said he was going to give him space and he would accept any support. I think that shows the, again, character, the character of, of these two men. And unfortunately, the one that's still in office is our leader, the head of the party. And he's showing his character and content, uh, character to be much, much low. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that was poorly poor taste uh his comments that he made today um and i think i think the largest part we talked about this at the top of the call uh it was the top of the show is they don't realize how parents have really they really got upset about the lockdowns about the school system about the crt and this you know this this has caught especially specifically conservative parents this has gone out of control. LGBTQ issues being pushed on children. I mean, and so I think if, if Dan focuses on those things, parents, parents are going to be the determining factor in this election in, uh, in November. Well, I'm expecting a lot of smear campaigns against him too. So that's why I say to be moderate, not too moderate. Don't be fake, but to a certain extent, like like when we talk about LGBTQ in school and stuff like that, I mean, can you imagine the smear campaigns that are going to be coming out about that? They're going to be like, I mean, they're they're going to do anything they can to make it seem like he's a threat to Maryland. Like, I mean, yeah. I got many mailers, so they were just so ridiculous, like too conservative for Maryland. It's like a picture of him and Trump. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing you have is a picture of him shaking hands with Trump. Like that is the worst. Yeah. Listen, listen. I know. Right. right. Okay. When, when the, at the last election in 20, was it 2020, mm -hmm. I went canvassing throughout Maryland for some of these candidates. People in Maryland hate Trump. I mean, it's, it's almost like a mental issue. They, this is how much they hate Trump. Mm -hmm. you, this, that is the least of his worries, and they don't have to make anything up. They, all they have to do is show him with Trump, and he's been, he's totally embraced Trump. Now I'm saying this: I voted for Trump. I'm a Trump mm -hmm. supporter, so don't get send me any hate mail. But I'm just being, I'm just being honest and fake and, and truthful. People in Maryland hate Trump. He has aligned himself with Trump. So that is going to be something that the Democrat Party will push and try to smear him with. So he needs to come out with some type of way. I don't want to say distance himself, but find something that's going to make himself more attractive to these people that are insanely uh, 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 fixated with, with uh, President Trump. Oh my gosh, everybody, if you are out in these red counties of Maryland, bring your mama, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your aunt, everybody out to vote for Dan Cox for governor. Holy crap. Please. Yeah. I don't want a Democrat winning. I don't want a Democrat governor for Maryland. Yeah. I'm really worried about the state of Maryland and what's going to happen. I'm worried too. I'm worried. I'm very worried because when we look at places like New York City, like California, who have Democrat uh, uh, governors, Mm -hmm. It made a huge difference. Now, again, you know, I'm no Larry Hogan fan, and I've said this on the show, but we were not locked down as as much as California, as New York. You know, he did, you know, lock us down for some time, but then right. he opened it up. He, he right. pushed it towards the municipalities. To, it was their choice. Me living in Baltimore City, we were locked down for two years. 
I know. You guys go to Baltimore County where they had, or, or other places where they had uh, Republican uh, uh, executives to, to do things because they were open. So that is what scares me, having a Democrat governor and they just running all over our freedom. Yeah, Westmore is going to implement yeah. mask mandates. The second that Biden's like, guys, we should probably, he'll be like, let's do it. <laughs> so only my, my only retort to that, I hear what you're saying, KJ, and we talked about this before, is that I don't necessarily give too much credence or applause to anyone who wants to only reduce my rights by this much compared to this much. I don't care what your party is. So yes, Hogan may not have done as much as uh, mayor or governor X, but he still did it. And he, and, and he had it hanging out there for a long time, at least until what two, uh, I think the two August months, two years, August, that's how long the lockdowns were really in executive order. So I'm not going to give him an applause because he didn't do it to the same extreme that somebody else did. DeSantis locked down Florida, I, I think all of what, two weeks, maybe a month. And then he quickly realized that, no, you know what, this is not the right way to go. So again, I, I'm, I'm, I was upset and I voted for President Trump. Everybody knows I love Trump. I was upset that President Trump even allowed and initiated and advocated for the lockdowns as well right from the beginning i was upset about that so i'm not going to give anyone my party or not i'm not giving anybody any applause for any rights that they want to take from me mm -hmm. yeah well we'll watch how this plays out we have to do move on to maryland mosby's race mm -hmm. uh so uh you know for you guys who are not in uh maryland that she is currently the state's attorney for uh, Baltimore City. So uh, again, the race for Baltimore's top prosecutor is too close to call Call as of earlier today. I haven't seen it like within the last hour or so. Uh, but early results late Tuesday indicated that defense attorney Ivan Bates had a sizable lead. Uh, late Tuesday night, Bates said, we ran a good campaign. And if we win, we've got a lot of work to do for the city. Uh, so last time I checked, he had a pretty sizable lead. Again, this was a race uh, for state's attorney. No Republican was running in this race. This was specifically uh, Democrats. Uh, so again, from a rise in violent crime to staff fleeing her office and her own criminal trial lingering, Mosby faced a challenging time seeking a third term. Uh, her own federal trial is scheduled to begin in about two months, I believe. She's facing two counts of perjury and two counts of false statements on a mortgage application, as we all know. Uh, she stated last night, I never thought this was going to be an easy race. It's never been easy. And when you're trying to implement change, there's always going to be resistance. I need you all to understand that we've made history. These were her remarks last night at uh, her her campaign campaign. Uh, night or her election night party, she certainly did make history. Um, you know, from the rising crime under her reign uh, here as state's attorney to her indictment for federal uh, charges. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, she's made history and it hasn't been in a good way. I want you guys' thoughts on this with Ivan Bates looks like winning uh, state's attorney. What are your thoughts? I'll start with you, Shelly. 
So as of right now, I'm just looking at, uh, or late last night because the uh, mail-in and the absentee ballots have not been counted yet. But uh, Ivan Bates still runs about nine percentage points ahead of Marilyn Mosby. And so far, again, he's maintaining that lead. Um, look, Marilyn Mosby was not on my ballot because I'm a, Rep a Republican. But guess what? I don't want her on my ballot in the general election. Okay. So, and I hope that she gets slammed when those mail-in ballots are counted. Um, I hope that the lead increases with, uh, with Ivan Bates or who, uh, yeah, Ivan Bates. So look, I was with a lot of people last night and a lot of them were mostly, uh, most of them were Democrats. And the common theme, the common retort from most of them were they do not want her to win either. So this is not just me being a Republican. These are there are many Democrats in Baltimore to my utter excitement and, and wonder that do not want her as state's attorney. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Colleen? You know, we've been covering this term from before it became news. What was that? Two years ago, we started covering Marilyn Mosby and her progressive prosecuting and her failed policies, uh, we've been covering it. And so what are your thoughts? It looks like she's going to lose her reelection bid. Gosh, I hope so. I know. Gosh, I hope so. And man, it really bothers me that there's not even one Republican running. Like that is just like, what's going on? Why doesn't anybody even just want to try, you know? Uh, God, so it's like, if I had known that this was going to happen a few years ago, I would have went to school for that. Like, I would have totally been like, well, shoot, I'll do it if nobody else is. It's like, why doesn't anybody want to try? No Republicans yeah. are interested in saving Baltimore. That's just so crazy to me. Anyway, but um, yeah, no, I really hope that Marilyn Mosby loses miserably. She's an awful woman. She's a fraud. Um, I know we have some clips from that um from that press conference about the squeegee boys. And I really, I, I can't wait to show those clips later because I, there's just so much that was, that was just so damning. And it just said so much about her. She had these people who were trying to like talk her up and all it did was really just expose how crazy Marilyn Mosby has been for Baltimore. She's been a wreck. Yeah, so, totally, totally wreck. I talked to a lady yesterday after voting and uh, we were leaving the polling place. And she said, one thing she said, she was like the, one of the largest issues she had with Marilyn Mosby was her arrogance. Was her arrogance. We, who in their right mind could be in leadership in this city and not have anything they would change in their policy? And that's what Marilyn Mosby came out, and we talked about this last week, and said in, in one of her, uh, one of the, uh, the um, it wasn't a debate, but one of the forums, the candidates had and she said the, the person asked her the interview is there anything you would change and she said nothing and she continues even last night i i, I can't even stomach this woman and I, I asked god to please remove this 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 disdain that i have for her right oh, oh. just let justice be done and let her actually be punished so that she can't do this job like if, if the law is fair and she actually is punished for her crime of lying on a mortgage application and taking COVID money to go buy houses in Florida, it's like that woman, no, I, I can't, I can't even stomach the fact that she still has like any kind of guts to stand up in front of a camera and be like, yep, I'm running again. <laughs> yeah. You know? She she made a point to mention that because she has two beautiful daughters. Uh, mm -hmm. We all know she's married to Nick Mosby. Uh, he's not very beautiful, but 
Uh, and uh, and she said, um, she said last night, she said, you know, she of course she always tries to find the blame somebody. And she said, you know, I have. She said, went through such a hard time. She was like the press was after her so much so that now her daughters don't want to get into politics. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, because of you, uh, because of of all these scandals that you've been a part of. Uh, maybe that would be the reason why someone wouldn't want to be in politics. I mean, she continues to lay blame on everyone else. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. else. I, I think I, again. I heard her speech last night, and I knew initially you got you got the sense that it might be a concession speech. But then I quickly said, "No, she's too arrogant to do that." So she will go to the last degree, Colleen. She's not going to pull out the stops. She's not going to pull up the rug and say, "I can see." That's not going to happen. So uh, this is going to go on. The ballots get start counting, uh, getting counted tomorrow. The mail-in. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we will sit and uh, we will wait uh, with bated breath uh, to see the final uh, count and see what happens with that race. I want to go to some of these comments because I see we have a lot here. Uh, So let's see here. I want to start with uh, Denise uh, for Trump. She says, awesome news about cops and a huge shout out to those who volunteered during the elections to keep an eye on the process. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And thank you so much for that, Denise. You're right. Uh, huge shout out to all of the uh, people who volunteered, uh, not just for the election process, but also just to help out on these campaigns. You know, a lot of people don't realize it is tough running for elected office. It is yeah. not, not paid. Uh, everything you have to, you have to ask people for money. If you don't get that, then you have to use your own personal money for a lot of these uh, elections, and it's a time consuming. And then to run as a Republican in Maryland, <laughs> uh, not let alone Baltimore City, but um, just Maryland in general, it, it's tough. It's very yeah. tough. So my heart goes out to to all of the volunteers, all of the people that ran, whether you won, whether you lost. Thank you for your service and thank you for for, for volunteering. Uh, so we should we should mention that uh, you KJ, you won your reelection to the uh, Republican Central Committee in Baltimore City. So I know how hard that is. I was once on the committee before, but, um, but KJ did win her reelection. Yes, 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 I did. So excited about that. I ran, I ran unopposed. Um, but I was I garnered the most votes out of any candidate in Baltimore City, any Republican Central Committee candidate. So that was kind of cool. Um, and, and got to meet a lot of people. Um, I was talking to some people yesterday and people were emailing me that, that voted for me. So it's a humbling experience. It really is. And a lot of people just for the most part run for to help, to help. Um, so um, thank you for mentioning that, Shelly, and looking forward to my next term. <laughs> um, so let's see here. We have uh, Tyrone Keys. Tyrone, everyone knows he uh, is on here the last Wednesday of each uh, week. I'm sorry, of each month. Uh, he is with Soldiers of Finance. So anytime you want any economic finance, financial uh, information, check us out the last Wednesday of each month. He is amazing. Uh, he says here, Cox's message should focus on the economy primarily. See, there he is again. <laughs> then mm-hmm. he should commit to decrease, decreasing crime in Baltimore City and fixing the Baltimore City school system. 
such that it becomes an incubator to foster the economic viability of our youth. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, so have here also, let's see here, Linda McCall, Hogan didn't support Trump either, which is why I lost respect for him. Yeah, I hated the way he would talk about Hogan or yep. about Trump. I'll be like, shut up. I know. <laughs> we have here uh, Agnes. She says, I am sick of black, black, black. It isn't helping, only hindering and creating a mauled minded plantation. Well, on that note, you we're going to talk about that actually in our next topic. So please stay tuned. That's right. Uh, stay so tuned. again, you guys continue to join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. Also, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, guys. So we are moving right along to our rapid pop-off round. Uh, so this is where I ask each host uh, a trending uh, a question or I bring up a trending topic, and they provide a reaction in 30 seconds or less. All right. So starting off with you tonight, Colleen, want to talk about Leah Thomas. So, of course, everyone knows she's the former University of Pennsylvania swimmer at the center of a national debate over whether transgender athletes should be able to compete in sports on sports teams consistent with their gender. Uh, so she is a trans woman uh, and she has been nominated for the NCAA Woman of the Year Award. Uh, so my question to you is, does Leah Thomas deserve nomination for Woman of the Year? Gosh, you know, if the NCAA wants to let her compete, like, that's one thing. But Woman of the Year, like, why? <laughs> you know, I'm just like that. That's all I can. I'm just I'm at a loss for words. You know, like, when can I win Man of the Year? This is bullshit. You know, that's it. Yeah, leave it at that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I know. It was like, why? I, I don't understand. Why would they? I don't get it. I don't get it. I think they do it on purpose to kind of throw a, a thumb at women or, or something. I don't. I don't understand that. They're like five dollar gas. They're like, give her woman of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, give them something to get upset about because yeah, going up real high. I mean, goodness yeah. gracious. All right. Um, moving right along to Shelly. So uh, this has been a viral story over the last week. Uh, Sesame Place in Philadelphia has been accused of racism after a character in a parade appeared to ignore two young black girls. The moment was captured on video and went viral on social media. Uh, I want to take a look at this clip. I feel like we have this clip here. Ooh. So I want to get your thoughts on this, Shelly. Uh, that was, I think her name is Rosita the Muppet. Uh, Rosita. Rosita. Okay. What are your thoughts on this? Honestly, people may be surprised, but... I, it brought tears to my eyes. 
shut up, KJ. Let me tell you why. I'm not calling Rosita racist. I don't even want Sesame Street to go through uh, racial bias training. I just think it was very, it was rude. It, it just, those kids, the innocence that they had at that moment. Many of us, I've been to Sesame Place, uh, whatever it's called. I've been years ago, of course. And it is supposed to be a place for children. So, so to say that those costumes, yes, those costumes had that all that headgear, but it was very, it was very dismissive. It was very hurtful. Those little girls, and I'm not saying they should be traumatized for the rest of their lives. That's not, I hope they're not. God knows I hope they're not. But now that they are, now the adults, their, their parents or whomever, they are putting these kids in this whole big race war where all they wanted to do was go to a damn amusement park and enjoy the characters and their innocence. Again, the adults are destroying the kids' innocence. That's how I look at it. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, you call me heartless, but I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, again, I saw the video, and then after that, they have about two more videos of them trying to show Rosita walking past black kids on this parade walk. And I don't see it like that. I, in the first video they showed, where you see him or her, we don't even know the race of Rosita. <laughs> I mean, that's the craziest thing. This is what's crazy about me. They're trying to make this race war. Nobody knows who is in the Muppet. Mm -hmm. um, and and he's walk he or she is walking down, and she does like this to the first group, mm -hmm. and then she does it again to it looks like to the kids, and then they show a couple other videos in different uh, occurrences where he or she did the same thing. But it's not I don't I don't think they're doing it purposely. Have you first? Let me ask you guys: Have any of you ever dressed in one of those costumes? No, but I no, I have I put a head a headpiece on one time. They are difficult to see out of and to Sesame very Street. Very difficult. Yeah, to Sesame Street's benefit uh defense, they did come out and say that the, the sometimes the eyesight or the eye level is hard to see. But she she, Rosita, she did see those little girls because she even told them. She tilted her head down and she said, no, but my point is, is this, those characters are there for children, period. I'm not saying it was, I'm not saying it was race, racist. I don't, again, I, again, they're caught up in this race war. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that Rosita is black or Hispanic and she's, she doesn't like black little girls. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in the bigger scheme, again, it just really, to me, dampered the innocence of those children at Sesame Place, which is for children. That's all I'm saying. It looked to me like he, she didn't see him. I mean, it really did. And I have worn, I have been, I have worn the exact same costume with Elmo. You, it's very difficult to see. And even on the other other videos they showed, it's not. It's almost like she, she can't see them. It's like she's Perfect. not seeing them. I don't, it doesn't look purposeful to me. And I don't know if it's purposeful again based on race. I'm just saying that that's what they're there for. Kids go up to these characters and they want to hug them and take pictures of them, whatever. All I'm saying is that it was a moment of innocence destroyed. That's all well, I'm saying. Well, now they are suing. So yeah, I hear. They have lawsuits claiming these kids or have tra traumatized uh, and, and and all types of things. I mean, literally, it was barely 15 seconds. All right, let's, let's watch it again. Yeah.
Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's a racial thing, but I think it's right. real sad. I think it's still really sad. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Pass over there and say hi to those damn kids. That's what they're there for. That's what the characters are there for. Yeah, I know. I remember taking my son to these uh, types of things when he was that And sometimes they don't see. Sometimes they, you, you want your kid to be recognized. And I remember vividly multiple times where they didn't recognize him right away. So what we do, we follow Rosina. I mean, but that's what they're there for. Amusement parks, especially Sesame Place, Disney World, they're there for kids. Right. It was an innocent moment that it could have, all she had to do was hug or he, whatever, hug those little girls. It was just an innocent moment that was damper. And that's what brought tears to my eyes because the kids, that's what they do. That they That's what the parks are for. They're not for the adults. All right, you right. All right. Well, we will see what happens on the, to this. Um, like I said, like you said though, they have made it a huge racial issue. Rosita is a racist, uh, and uh, and now they've made it. The children are traumatized. Uh, they've got people uh, from Destiny's Child, Kelly Rowland, and all types oh, of celebrities. See now um, they again. Uh, they got these kids. Now these kids are caught up in this race war. Yeah, that's that's sad. Sad. yeah, that's sad. It's really ridiculous. Kids, oh. like if, if that was if that was my parents and the, and if, if I were those if I was one of those little girls, my parents would be like, oh, "What a jerk!" Right? And then just be like, I'm "Sorry, he didn't say hi to you or something." But they wouldn't like to add right. all the societal pressure onto it onto such little kids that would have just waved it off like it was nothing you know what i mean to really add that at extra flavor to it just makes it so much worse well colleen i would do one better if i was there i would have gone up to rosita and made her wait a minute you got kids here damn it you're gonna stand here and take a picture that's what you get paid to do Hey, you pay, you pay what? Fifty something dollars or more to get into these parks for one person you're gonna stand here and take a damn picture excuse me rosita Excuse me. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our pop-off round. As, as you know, we um, we do this every week. So, again, join the conversation by leaving a comment on our Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Uh, do you have a comment for one of the hosts? You certainly can let me know, and I will ask them next week. Email me, kj, at metroconservativemedia.com, and I will ask them your question in next week's pop off. All right. All right. So um, we have our next topic here. Uh, so actually, I think it was Agnes who uh, brought this up. Uh, she's tired of talking about black, black, black people. <laughs> so this is actually what we are talking about next. People of color, um, as we know, African-American people of color, now they say what BIPOC went from saying you shouldn't treat people differently based on skin color to demanding skin color be the basis of crime policy, economic policy, beauty, the list goes on. So we've seen this all over the place, all these Democratic politicians, race, 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 race. They ain't making this thing, but we don't even know the race of Rosita. Now she is a racist. She is a racist. So what is this? I mean, is this mindset helping the black community and, and before you guys talk, I want to, um, do we have the clip of the Black Lives Matter in, uh, mm. protest in Minneapolis? This is a viral video uh, that occurred 
A Minneapolis mom could be seen uh, in a video confronting Black Lives Matter protesters uh, gathered outside of her home. So basically, uh, she was the, called the police because I, I think her, her child's father or her boyfriend fired shots into her apartment as she was cooking for her young children, two young children. Uh, so she called the police. Gummin was eventually shot dead. This was a thir- last Thursday. So who appears but Black Lives Matter? So regardless of the circumstances of the shooting, BLM activists were out in front of her apartment complex protesting because the police shot this black man in the in the in the, because he was shooting at these uh, at, at, at this woman in front of her children. So again, this is a situation. This is what we're talking. It's always they, they try to take everything and make it about race. What are your thoughts, Shelly? I, I want to start with you. So, like you said, it sounds like it's some kind of domestic dispute, but absolutely this does not help. We see it across the country. Uh, Everywhere there are prosecutors, these uh, Soros-funded reimagining prosecutors that are not prosecuting crimes. Who's getting hurt the most? Black people are getting hurt and they're getting hurt by other black people. So black women, children, innocent uh, black men are being mowed down by other black people. And we have other black people in positions of power um, and law that are supposed to stopping the crime and enforcing the laws. They're not doing that. So black people are really dying, again, being slaughtered by other blacks to the total, almost the total disregard by other blacks. So, no, it's not helping us at all. Yeah. Well, I want to get your thoughts, uh, Colleen. Before you begin, we do have a clip of, of uh, Marilyn Mosby talking about this. Uh, do, do we have that clip available? She refuses to prosecute for minor offenses, packing our jails with young blacks and poor minorities who really don't deserve to be there for the crimes that they've committed. So again, um, basically he's saying because they're Black, they shouldn't be in jails from what I'm gathering. What are your thoughts here? So the reason I wanted wanted to bring that clip in is because that's somebody that Mosby had talked for her at the conference earlier. And they, this is this is black on black crime. So he's what he's doing is adding more crime to the black community by not locking up criminals. Because if we're looking at skin color and not what the crime is, that's not hurting white people. It's hurting black people. So I, all this is doing is making the black community harder to live in in Baltimore. That's all it's doing. It's not benefiting anybody by... But you know, you know what I'm saying? So, so I just wanted to bring that into this part of the clip just because I feel like we don't we don't pay attention to that. I feel like Marilyn Mosby isn't paying attention to who's actually being victimized here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and that is what this all wraps into is this pushing what BLM pushes, the narrative that they push only adds more victimization. And and it's sad. It's really sad, honestly, because it's really a simple solution, law and order. You know what I mean? Just, you know, follow the law, p- uh, penalize criminals for real crimes. I'm not talking about smoking weed. I'm talking about murder. I'm talking about gun crimes. I'm talking about serious crimes that are ravaging Baltimore. 
And if we're not going to do that, if BLM keeps pushing these narratives, which are starting to be really lessened down, I feel like they're losing power. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel about the clip um, of, do, did we, do we want to show that clip of the woman telling off the, the crowd? Do we yeah, have that's what, I that's what I wanted. I didn't know okay. we had that clip of the uh, yeah. woman. Yeah. 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 On it. yeah, that was, I mean, that was heart-wrenching. Uh, I, I can't even believe, this woman, can you imagine you're in a domestic dispute, your boyfriend starts shooting at you in front of your young children, you call the police, he brandishes a, a weapon, and the police shoot him, and BLM show up at your door to protest it. Right. I mean, because he was black. Right. So if he had been white, like this would not even showed up. It, it makes no sense. Right. And like, what about <laughs> her? Like, don't her children matter? Don't the children who live in that neighborhood matter? Like, doesn't anybody? No, it matter? only matters. It only matters that he's a black guy. That his skin is is brown or black or that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. We have the. I want to take a, take a look at this mother. Mm -hmm. Pleading to uh, BLM protesters. Do we have that clip? It shouldn't go. It doesn't matter. He shouldn't have been dead. Y'all should have came and helped him when he was alive. Yeah, a lot of anger and frustration from the mother who lived next door to Techley Sunberg. An emotional evening as Arabella Yarborough recounts the night of the hours-long standoff at her Minneapolis apartment complex. That six-hour standoff Thursday morning ending with police shooting Techley Sunberg multiple times, killing him. Today, community members gathered for a protest against police violence. Mary McGuire joins us now, and Mary, tensions running very high as family remembers the man who was killed. First of all, they don't even know what were the 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 uh, details surrounding this. But you just show up because a black man was killed by the police, and and this is what she said. She was just like, "You guys are showing up to protest now, but you weren't here for all the times when he was doing crazy stuff to me and my kids." Right. I mean, this is sad. This is sad. This mm -hmm. is very sad. Um, this no. Um, this. This my this idea that uh, black people can't be racist or they can't be certainly can't be ignorant. This is coming out of the '60s, late '50s. This this school of thought that because black people were oppressed in in America, that they are never they can never be racist. Um, and again, this is this different um, different uh, ideas of this theory, which is actually racist in and of itself. OK, it's bigoted in and of itself. And the people who keep perpetuating this again, all they're doing is perpetuating more crime, more violence against the people that they claim to help. Yeah, I want to go to some of these comments here. Uh, we have Tyrone who says BLM's mission is actually to destroy the black community and replace it with some bastardized form of neo-feminist socialism. So that's it right there in a nutshell there. Um, you know, so again, uh, let me see here. We have uh, Tim Walters. The flip side is if you are teaching your kids that they are getting their validation from a pretend cartoon character, something else is wrong. Oh, see, that's what I was saying. Thank you, Tim. Uh, he was talking about our pr previous topic. So, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but we got to get out of this. I mean, we have to get out of this skin worship 
this, mm-hmm. this, you know, and even, you know what, I've been there. I've been there. Uh, you know, as a, as a black female, uh, and you, you, you get involved with the media and you're looking at things and you do get caught up in, in that you do. Um, and, and, and again, you know, it's, it's nothing wrong with, with supporting small business, with supporting your community, with wanting to see people that look like you and, and have similar uh, life experiences and things like that. I think one thing, and I've mentioned this before, uh, that I, I'm i happy about that has come out of this whole um, fixation on skin color and things like that is for skincare, like skincare, hair care, makeup. Now I can go to, you know, Target and I can find uh, hair supplies for my hair, my type of hair. Uh, I can find things for my skin. When I was coming up in, in high school, you couldn't do that. You had to go to the city and get things like that. You couldn't just go into a Target or Giant or somewhere, a local convenience store, and get these items. Now you can. So that makes sense also. Um, but then on the other hand, you have you, you're protesting someone because they were shot by the police just because they were black and they were doing wrong. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only was he doing wrong, remember, he was shooting at the woman and her kids through their door. It's not, it's not even, it wasn't that he was just wrong, you know, maybe, I don't know, ran a traffic stop or whatever. He was shooting at these people. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, we moving right along, kind of staying in the same uh, context. It are the squeegee, the squeegee workers. So here in Baltimore, we have a serious issue with squeegee workers. Uh, so I know, I'm not sure if you guys have been following uh, the story, but basically uh, a couple of weeks ago, a squeegee worker here in Baltimore fatally shot a driver. Uh, I think it was either last Thursday or Thursday before last. After the man tried to attack a group of them with a baseball bat near the inner harbor, uh, at the time, Police Commissioner Michael Harrison said the driver, this is a photo of the driver, had an interaction with workers near Conway and Light Streets that grew heated around 4.30 p.m. This was in broad daylight at one of the biggest tourist areas of Baltimore City. The driver at some point parked his car and attempted to attack the group of workers with a bat. Harrison said it is unclear if the man actually struck any of the workers. And then one of them pulled out a gun and shot him. Uh, So the 48-year-old driver was taken to the hospital and died of his injuries. So I want to ask you guys, I mean, this is becoming a huge issue. When you drive down President Street, there's at least about 10 of them on each light. When they leave trash and all kinds of containers all down on the street, they do not take no for an answer. When you, you go up to the light or you come in approaching the light, they come out into the street. And if you wave them off, you say no, they continue to do what they're going to do to wash the car against your, without your permission. Um, you know, some people say though that these are, you know, young adults or kids and they just trying to make money they're living in poverty and they need our help i want to start with you shelly what are your thoughts on this what what do we can we do about the, the squeegee work 
Oh, oh, I can't say what I was what I was going to say, um, but I won't say that. I was going to say we could run them over, but but then you know we would be in trouble. Look, we do have a problem, and I think uh, Mayor Scott and uh, Marilyn Mosby uh, claim that you know taking a, a spray bottle out of a twelve little twelve year old little boy's hands. First of all, let's get something straight. Most of them are not kids, okay? I don't even know what we call them. I'm going to just start calling them squeegee because they're not most of them are not kids and this is not a business businesses in maryland and baltimore have to pay business taxes or corporate taxes they have to be registered to operate legally you need a vendor's license if any one of us were doing that we would be hemmed up and cited or summons or whatever you want to call it so i'm not even gonna say uh squeegee business squeegee workers they are begging they are begging and they are causing fear and using fear and intimidation tactics. Tactics. Maybe they should be brought up on the RICO charges or something because of the tactics that they use. I don't know. I don't really know what we can do unless we just clear the corners, which Mayor Scott is absolutely against. It's amazing to me how these same people, Mayor Scott and Marilyn Mosby, they always want to use the Constitution when it's to keep wrong going. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, she, Marilyn Mosby came out. She said she can't comment on the case specifically. Uh, she she extended her condolences to the man who was shot uh, by the squeegee workers. She spoke to the issue at generally, though, and said none of us want to see children in the street to panhandle for money. Okay, true. We don't want to have to arrest a 12 and 13-year-old. I don't know about that. If they're doing something wrong. She says systemic root causes of poverty and economic inequity. Uh, will we we have that? We have systemic root causes of poverty and economic inequity. We'll have people of all ages having to hustle and make risky choices in most instances in order to survive. It's not right, but situations and circumstances that create this reality are not right either. I can't believe she said that. So this was in response to a man being shot at 4.30 in the afternoon at an intersection by a squeegee worker. She says that people hustling and making risky decisions in order to survive. That's not it, honey. You, you, this, you are, she is condoning illegal and, and evil behavior. This is why this woman is being removed from office. This is why she did not win re-election. I hope, hope so. so. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, how could you even say that in response to this situation? This because is they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to be equitable and they're trying to look like they are, you know, protecting these kids, right? But one, KJ, this has come up before and I can't find, a, 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 even the attorneys for this young boy, I think he's 15 now, even the attorneys basically said they are totally disregarding the fact that this 15-year-old had an illegal, illegally had a firearm that he wasn't supposed to have had. Now, I'm going to be also on the other side. You do have the right to defend yourself if you are being threatened with deadly force in uh, in Maryland and Baltimore. You do have that right. There are some circumstances about this case that we still don't know. We don't even know for sure if if this guy, uh, the, the the young boy, the boy, if he was a shooter, but if he was the one that was actually being threatened with the bat, 
because there were a group of them at the time. So there are some other details that we don't know. But what I want to ask is from Marilyn Mosby and Brandon Scott and Commissioner Harrison. So are we now saying it is okay to have illegal guns in Baltimore and defend yourself with them? Mm -hmm. yeah, I want to get your thoughts on this, Colleen. What do, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, we, we hardly even discussed the fact that this kid had an illegal gun. I mean, they, they don't really seem to care about that. And, and I mean, it's going to be a really interesting case to see how it plays out because I really am curious how Maryland is going to see this because when I went for my um, HQL class, you know, they were very specific. Like, I mean, you need to try to avoid shooting somebody at all costs, really, unless it's in your home. And, you know, it's like I, we have the castle doctrine in Maryland, but like, when it comes to like, we don't have stand your ground in Maryland. So it's going to be difficult for them to prove that it's self-defense when it's like five kids. The guy obviously got out of his car, but they're going to have to prove that he had no way to flee. He literally has a duty to flee because he's not in his home and he, they technically outnumbered this man. So I'm curious how this is going to play out. Really. I really am curious how the eyes of the law are going to see this. Well, according to the charging documents, it said Reynolds, that's the um, driver, got into an argument with several squeegee workers. Uh, investigators said he was walking away from the suspect group with a baseball bat when three people from that group followed him and surrounded him. Uh, police say Reynolds, again, that's the driver, swung his bat at that point at one of the suspects. Then somebody threw an object at Reynolds and hit him on the head. He fell. Then someone wearing a pink T-shirt, a black mask, and dark pants shot him while simultaneously running away. Uh, so this was in the charging documents. Again, all this is going to be played out in court. But that doesn't sound like self-defense to me. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't. It sounds like Mr. Reynolds was trying to get away. Right. Just, just based on what you just read. Yeah, I mean, this is, and, and you know, like, and your mother, so I know you probably understand that this is really sad to think that this kid is 15 years old and his life's over, completely over. I mean, it's over something that I'm sure if he could, he probably, well, I hope that he wants to take this back. I hope this kid has some remorse for doing this and that there's some kind of hope for him. You know, I mean, this is really a sad case. It really is to think that, you know, kids are really, this is their reality that they have guns at 15 years old, that they're cleaning windshields on the streets of Baltimore. And these kinds of incidents happen literally daily. It's sad. It's a sad reality. Yeah, but it's not something I think that politicians, elected officials need to, to, to push. Right. I don't think having squeegee workers is the way. No, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, allow it. I, right. really, I don't think really allowing not. this, I don't think uh, uh, pushing it and, and, and enhancing it, I don't think this is the way. First of all, again, I travel that roadway multiple times a week, sometimes multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. They do not take no for an answer. Right. If And even after that situation, after that, the, uh, news cameras caught up with them again. And they accosted a news person yeah. when it was time to, to video record them. That was so crazy. I couldn't believe yeah. that. I mean, and, you, and, and now they seem like they're emboldened. Right. You and, they come out on TV and did this press conference. Mm -hmm. 
and he's pretty much taken up for them. Yeah. And uh, he had all the squeegee workers behind him at that. I'm not sure if you guys saw the press call. It was very sad, actually, because you can clearly see at least two of the kids behind him were high as a kite, nodding off and everything. Okay. So there's a lot of different, there's a lot going on with these squeegee exactly. workers. Scott is like that parent that lets you do everything because he wants to be the cool parent. You know what I mean? Like, hey guys, you can do drugs, you can do crime, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm the cool guy here. Like, That's really how he runs the city. I mean, it, I would shut down the squeegee boys just for the simple economic fact that you're making money and you're not paying taxes on it. Period. That's it. Like that's you don't have to get into anything further about it. They're making money and not paying taxes on it. Well, they're calling it panhandling. Like, I mean, it's technically it's, it. again, Mayor Scott is using the, the consent decree about getting clear in the corners. Now, if somebody is outside just standing around, it is illegal, unconstitutional to just go up to them and say you have to move up this corner, it, especially if it's public property. Right. So he's, he's using this, the, a consent decree for his leverage. However, if you are intimidating, threatening, certainly shooting motorists who not only the motorists, these are the productive people who are coming to and from the city, going to work, maybe whatever they're doing, doing shopping. Yes. Doing, these are the ones who are spending money in the city. And yep. yet we are the ones who are being told that basically we are wrong. We need to stand back and just let these people run roughshod these these kids run roughshod over us the adults are scared of the children in a sense really it's upside down it is upside down it is they are that but if he's using that as his reasoning behind this that makes now that makes perfect sense this is how you can go down green mount you can go off a north avenue and you see an open air market of drug dealing you know i was out uh what was this at a, a community meeting and you were there, Shelly. We were at a community meeting off of North Avenue. I couldn't believe it. Church, is on, uh, church was on one corner, and I'm parking on the opposite side of the street, and they are literally dealing drugs out in the open, blatant. Yep. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and so if, if, you talk, if this is what the mayor, is this what the mayor is saying this is okay? Mm -hmm. You can't move. It was all these people on the corner selling drugs. Then you wonder why we have an epidemic of, of drug use in our community because they're not moving people off the yep. corner. They're not moving yep. people off the street. Exactly. I mean, if he's not, and keep in mind, he offered them jobs too. Remember that. After after Timothy uh, Reynolds was shot, he offered the squeegee, I don't know, squeegees. He offered them jobs at City Hall. I think it was something like 19 or something government jobs. He said there were jobs available for them. Well, go ahead. I mean, they want to work, work. They didn't want to work. I mean, that really makes sense to me, though, because we have a situation in the city where people can't find people to work. You always go in these places. Half the time they got to shut down early because they can't find people to work. So I don't, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. There's a lot of other issues at hand at play in this whole situation that are not being addressed. As I said, at the press conference, two other kids or men or whatever you want to call them were high as a kite nodding off. It was clear as day. So they obviously have some type of drug problem. Uh, I don't hear them talking about that. But you have these people on these streets you know let me, and i'm gonna end on this you know 
I, it, people coming home from work. You're on your way home. You're on your way to home from work after working a long day. Rush hour. Home. You're in yeah. rush hour. You mostly mm-hmm. coming off of President Street, so you know you've been in all kinds of traffic. Mm-hmm. And just want to go home. No one has time to deal with people who don't take no for an answer about washing your window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then they wonder why some people get us. Yes, you can be nice. And yes, you can, you know, say it politely. You don't want this done. But why are you going to go through that? If I say right. no once, no. Yeah. And they have you no know, problem assaulting women. So it's like really scary because they have like no boundaries. So it's like- I'll tell you one, one basic concept that is not being taught. You say no. You know why? It's not your property. Right. It's not, that's it. And you don't have to have a reason. You don't have to like it. But the answer is no, because this is my car. I pay for it. And no, get away. Don't touch it. You don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, you got to talk to them a certain way now. Because if you say it wrong, you will get your window bashed. You will get cussed out. You have to say it a certain way. And this is the crazy thing. Because you have people taking up for them. Oh, I saw somebody. They were talking to them all crazy or this. They don't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. If someone says no, if I do like this, don't come. Don't do it. Right. I don't want the heart. I don't want the heart in the car. Right. I don't want the heart. <laughs> I don't want the heart. You're funny. Yeah, they put hearts in there now. Someone put hearts in the car. I don't want to sound cold, but this is it. I mean. People driving all day, you coming home from work, you just want a peaceful ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious. You know, half the time people stop, they stop all like several feet away from the light in order to wait, hoping it turns green and they don't have to stop. I mean, this is yep. ridiculous. It's yep. really good. All right. We have to go to some of the comments here. We do have a lot. Um so Chad says, the only thing that bothers me a little bit is that being charged as an adult, if memory serves, he is 15. Don't get me wrong. Crime is crime. But still, that's a good point. What do you guys think about that? Do you think he should be charged as an adult? Absolutely. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. Don't get me wrong. The whole situation is sad. And, and it's beyond sad for the family that lost their dad and their husband. But he's 15. He is a conscious making a decision to do that. First of all, again, he had a gun illegally, okay? So, yeah, no, it doesn't bother me. It's just sad, the whole situation. But, yes, he should be charged as an adult. Yeah, I agree. I think he needs to be charged as an adult just because it is such a serious crime. And at 14, like, obviously, I wasn't the same person at 14, but I certainly was conscious enough at 14 to know whether not to shoot somebody or not. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a good question there. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know one thing I just learned that as you, if you are charged for a crime as a minor or, or before eighteen, it's wiped off of your record. So if you, you know, once eighteen, like for instance, if he is charged as a minor and he turns eighteen or whatever, whenever he gets out of jail, they people won't even know that he did he murdered somebody. 
Yeah, right. remember? Do you remember the case? Not to get too off topic, but the case in D.C. like last year, where those girls stole the guy's car, flipped it, and the guy right. like they will be. I think their records are going to be clean by the time they're um, adults. Like they're going to be punished as a, as minors, but like they'll. Right. Yeah. Until they're 21. Really? Until you don't want to know something like this, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, like, we really, we got to figure out something because it's like, I, you you also don't want to just lock kids up forever that are making these decisions right. because obviously some parenting is definitely to blame for this. I, we have to address that. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what this is. Uh, I think we have another comment here. Denise says, this brings a question to my mind. Are these kids being managed much like pimps do prostitutes? Well, for a while there, they were. They, it, initially, it, it was one crowd of squeegee kids uh, down in that corridor. There was like a main pimp, say, a pimp person who would have them, they had to make a certain amount of money, and then I guess they would divide it up or whatever. Um, but that was happening too. I mean, who knows what's happening? Right. Who knows? But this is all breeding all kinds of stuff. You know, who knows what's going on with this? This is why it needs to be stopped. Yeah. Um, we have here uh, Tyrone. Baltimore City is done, at least for the next 20 years. <laughs> Sell your home. <laughs> Buy in Howard County. The city is a lost cause. <sighs> I, I, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And you know, the Mosby, this that election has brought a little hope. I think so. <laughs> that has brought me a little hope. Mm -hmm. I think, so. I think that we need to also, I mean, I don't I don't see I don't think it's too radical to say that there should be a recall effort against Brandon Scott. Oh well, that's a whole different yeah. that's a whole different thing, yeah. yeah. But I yeah, if Mosby gone, Mos if she's gone. It does. I'm with you. It has a that's a little spark of hope there. Yes, it is. It is. It is a little spark of hope. Um, now all we gotta do is get rid of Brandon. Yeah. Um, but with that has hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not Republicans, but I think they are not as progressive as as um. Right. Just somebody uh, moderate. Just yeah. somebody who's yeah. just moderate. And just yeah. normal. I mean, even when we had uh, Sheila Dixon on here a couple of months ago, that's former Mayor Sheila Dixon, uh, she was talking against these policies that Mosby and Brandon Scott have been uh, championing. And uh, and she, I believe Ivan Bates is sort of in that same circle mm -hmm. there. So we'll see. We have to wait and see what comes of all this. I'm gonna say something else. Uh, one another thing: if Marilyn Mosby's not there, I think we do need a man. Again, I'm not a Democrat, but Ivan Bates comes across as more masculine and more firm. And I don't know, maybe you know, maybe there'll be a different, just a different persona there in that in that role. That is a very good point. That is a very good point. Uh, so we'll see what comes of it. As with all of this, we will continue to follow and monitor and. Uh, and, and, and hold their feet to the fire. Um, just like we did Marilyn Mosby, uh, all these, um, the, over the past two years or so, we will do the same for uh, Ivan Bates if he is uh, the new state's attorney. Uh, so we will see. Um, again, this brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for watching. 
Continue the conversation by checking us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and subscribe. That way you get up-to-the-minute content when we post, and we appreciate the support. We are an independent media, and each time you subscribe, it helps make our voice that much stronger. Uh, We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment, so again, check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com. Don't leave. Coming up right behind us are the guys. So the guys are going to respond to some of the topics we've talked about tonight and more. Uh, So definitely stay on here. Uh, They should be coming up in about 15 minutes. Definitely it's a different take, a different vibe. So uh, you will be uh, entertained and informed there as well. Uh, But again, we look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, count your blessings and live a life of purpose. Good night.